You are listening to the Treasuring Christ Church podcast. At TCC, we believe that church isn't just like a family, but it is a family. We hope you're encouraged by listening to God's Word today, but we would love to see you on Sundays at 1030. For more information, check us out online at tccannarbor.com. All right, so uh, if you weren't here last week, we uh, started with just an introduction on this book, uh, Habits of Grace by David Mathis. Uh, I've got an extra sheet, uh, cheat sheet if you want it. Uh, you're welcome to take one of those. And then we've got sheets today as well. So, so we're going to be doing this for the next five weeks. Uh, this is the first section. It's uh, six different chapters lumped into the first principle that we mentioned last week called, about, called hearing God's voice. How do you hear his voice? It's through his word. Um, just want to recap a little bit first of uh, what we talked about last week. Uh, so what is grace? What are the means of grace and how do you do them? So grace, right, this undeserved favor. Means of grace are, are principles that God has provided us that we are given by God so that we can experience more of his grace in and through, also known as like spiritual disciplines. And then uh, uh, how do we do them? We do them by receiving his grace, by continually remembering what Christ has done on our behalf on the cross. And he has risen again from the grave, right? That gives us new life. We can enjoy him more and we can love him. That's that's our whole motivation, to enjoy Jesus more and and to live him out in our lives. We talked about justification versus sanctification. We are justified by faith. That is a one-time thing. And then through that grace... We are now living out holy and godly lives, growing in holiness, being sanctified more and more. Um, just want to point again to just resources here, uh, like we did last week. Um, again, this book, and there's a, actually a, a workbook, too. They're free. They're online. It's a really easy book to read. You can pick it up probably. I know Chris mentioned he did it in a week. It's probably taking me a couple weeks. But, um, <laughs> yeah, I, I would highly recommend it. You guys pick it up here hear more clearly. More. There's amazing quotes in here. If you can't tell, I couldn't find enough white space on these papers to fit it all in. So, um, yeah, hopefully you have some space to write some notes. But the key point, like we mentioned last week, too, uh, is that he says right here, the Christian life from start to finish is utterly dependent on the grace of God. Not only do we come into spiritual life by sheer grace, but it is in divine grace that we continue on, that we continue to be sanctified and growing in holiness, right? And and like we mentioned, too, uh, last week, uh, I just wanted to, where was that extra sheet? from last week, sorry. Yeah, I just wanted to make sure, remember that what I said, what we said last week that he wrote in here too, the means of grace are not about earning God's favor. It's not about twisting his arm or controlling his blessing, but readying ourselves for consistent saturation in the role of, of his tides, right? So, so we do this because of what he's done for us, not to earn anything, not to get anything, right? Not to get right with God. We're already right with God. God has already done all that needed to be done to be found acceptable in his sight, to be righteous in his sight. Um, so yeah, uh, let's jump into then today. So so today we're talking about God's word. And before I, we talk about God's word, I, I wanted to just put an illustration out there. I, when I drive to work uh, every day, I see this big billboard. It, it has uh, uh, the lottery up on the board. You've seen that, like Mega Millions, like it's up to like $286 million, you know? Oh, yeah. And there's been lots of times in my life I look up there and I'm like, oh, yeah. Well, can you imagine? You know, you ever have those things like, what if I won the lottery, you know? Like, <laughs> wow, like that would be awesome, right? Um, but I want to encourage us today. I, I know I don't always, but uh, do we look at the Bible as even more wonderful than that? Mm-hmm. Is this like we've won the lottery? Or do we look at this just like another book that we have like 10 copies of and they just 
sit on our shelves, right? But if we really look at this as infinitely more valuable, infinitely more rich and, and wonderful than winning the lottery, like think about the implications that'll have in our lives and how we live. And that's really the whole point he's getting after here through all this, right? And so before we get to application, before we get to a long list of to-dos, we need to be reminded of how we see this. So what is the perspective that we have on this? This is gonna drive what we do, right? Before, we don't wanna put the cart before the horse. We don't wanna put a long list of to-dos and just feel overwhelmed and overburdened. No, we need to remind ourselves of, of what is this book to us? What, that, what is God's word, right? And a lot of times we think of the God's word of just as his written word, but, but what David tells us here, and it's good to be reminded of it, is it's, it's more than just that, it's, it's the word incarnate. Does anyone know what the word incarnate means? Jesus. Jesus, that's right. Amen. It's the God, Jesus is the incarnate word. And then uh, it's not just the incarnate word, but it's the gospel word. It's evangelical. It's the message of the good news. It's the message of this whole book, right? Is that we are broken sinners that need forgiveness, that need God's grace, that we can't save ourselves. We can't get in a relationship with God on our own doing. It's only because of his grace to us that Jesus came and entered into this world, lived the life we couldn't live, died the death we deserved to die, and conquered the enemy we could not conquer. So that through repentance and faith and trust in him, we are given a new life in Christ. We are made holy and righteous in his sight. Uh, so, so that is the gospel. And, and I just want to point to a few quotes he mentions in here, right? Uh, God speaks. It's very clear. Uh, this is this is foundational. This is fundamental in these three main principles of how we experience God's grace. You know, the three we mentioned already is, is today's, we're hearing God's word, we're hearing his voice, and then having his ear through prayer, and also belonging to his body and fellowship. But of these three main categories that he bends these things in, this one is the most fundamental. Uh, nothing is as fundamental as this one uh, because it's how God has started to reveal himself, right? When God made creation, what did he do? He spoke the world into existence. When when he makes us new creations, he gives us, he spoke that we would be made new. Second uh, Corinthians 4, 6 says that. And it begins, everything begins with the voice of God. He initiates and he does so by speaking. This self-expression of God is so deep and rich and full that it's not just personal, it's a person, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and I want to just encourage us too, right? The potential practices are limitless, right? There's, there's, <laughs> there's so many ways we can put all this into practice. Uh, but the principle beneath the practices is this. The fundamental means of God's ongoing grace is through his spirit in the life of the Christian and the life of the church is God's self-expression in his word in Jesus, in the gospel, in the message of Jesus, and who he is and what he's done, and perfectly kept for us and on display in all of its textures, riches, and hues in the external written word of the scriptures. Okay? Uh, yeah, so good. Hopefully we've got the perspective right. We're seeing this as, as God intends us to. Now, what are some applications? What are some specific habits of grace that we can hear God's voice. Um, let me start with a question. How long do you think it takes to read the entire Bible for an average reader? Like straight through? Yeah. How many hours? 20. 20? Got to guess for 20? 16. 16? Oh. <laughs> got some fast readers out here. Fast. Any other? Somewhere between 30 and 40. Okay, 30 and 40. Anyone else? All right, in this book, he, said, he points to it being 70 hours. Whoa. 70 hours, yeah. And he says that if you read 15 minutes a day, you could get through the whole Bible in a year. 15 minutes a day. 
I know I don't know about you guys, but if you on your phones, right? Do you ever get those notifications yeah. of like uh, screen time, like mm -hmm. how do you spend your time and per week, right? I don't know my screen time is not uh, on the Bible app all the time, right? Like it's got a lot of other things going on there, uh, but. But the good news is God is gracious, right? And this isn't meant to beat you over the head and say, you need to read more, right? But this is to just point to the fact that there's in infinite opportunities that we have, right? It's, it's a, such a privilege that we have this word and that we can read. And even if it's just five minutes a day, right, there is so much value, even in those five minutes of just spending time with God as he speaks to us. Um, so yeah, uh, so Bible reading too, we gotta be reminded that, that David talks about is it's not just mere science. This is an art, and it's learned through practice. Like he talks about, if you went and asked like a um, uh, avid Bible reader, or someone that's been doing this for years, you know, what what do you do? What's your method? They probably wouldn't have an answer for you because it's it's it is so artistic. It's so it's a relationship, right? It's hard to put words to this connection that we have with God as we read the Word. Um, and so let's jump into some applications. So, so the first thing he mentions that's really helpful, I don't know if anyone does this, but it's called like preaching the gospel to yourself. Uh, let, me, let me share a quote too that he shares on page 41. Um, he says, in our sin, we constantly find our responses to life in our fallen world to be disconnected from the theology that we confess. Anger, fear, panic, discouragement, and impatience stalk our hearts and whisper in our ears a false gospel that will lure our lives away from what we say we believe. The battleground is between our ears. What is it that is capturing your idle thoughts? What fear or frustration is filling your spare moments? Will you just listen to yourself or will you start talking? So, so this concept of preaching the gospel to yourself is, is a afterthought. It's like after you've gone through a circumstance or situation, it's reflecting on that and looking at it through the lens of the gospel. Like how where, where maybe, maybe has my sin contributed maybe in that circumstance or where at others and, and what is God's view on all this? What does God think about it uh, through the Bible? Uh, and then it's also proactive, you know, before the day even starts, before even bad, we, we should expect circumstances to come our way that are going to try to pull us away from God that are, what did Jesus say, right? Uh, that there will be troubles. If you follow me and they persecuted me, they're going to persecute <laughs> his people as well, right? So that's something we can expect and something we can prepare ourselves for by preaching this good news of the gospel to ourselves, that we are rescued in Christ, that we are his, that we belong to him, that, that what does Romans say that? Um, the there's nothing that can separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus, right? And, and that is so assuring. There's 100% confidence and assurity in that. Um, and it's not just reminding, but it's really preaching it to ourselves, right? Preaching it to our souls, reminding ourselves that this is what matters the most. There's nothing better than this. Um, he also uh, gives 10 gospel verses and passages in this book. So if you if you don't read the book, but I would encourage you if you can go on online and pull the book up. Uh, it's on pages... It's like in the middle after, we'll talk about meditation here pretty soon, um, but on around pages 76 to 80, he puts in here 10 uh, gospel verses and 12 gospel passages. He really encourages us to believe. It really gives a good summary of the gospel and something that we can we can be preaching to ourselves, right? Even if it's just that verse, but, and not just saying the thing, right? Like you could just say verses, but do you really mean them? Does it really sink into your heart? Is it something you really gaze upon and look at and, and in awe and astonished by? So uh, more application. So breath, the read for breath and study for depth is, is his next chapter. 
Um, he links this to like raking and digging, which you can imagine raking leaves, right? You can quickly rake up a lot of leaves. It doesn't take as much work as digging would, right? You put a lot of labor into digging. And, and so that's how he kind of connects when you read for breath, right? We want to get the full picture of the Bible. It provides the big context from, you know, we just went through in another equipped class, the storyline of the Bible, you know, from Genesis to Revelation. Um, from, from the fall, from creation to the fall, to redemption, right? And uh, so, so it's important to be reading for breath, you know, trying to get as much of the big picture. We don't want to have too narrow-minded of a focus that we don't see the big uh, picture in mind. Um, but what he really points to when we do read for breath and when we do do this raking, the most important thing, he says, is to make it a regular habit. Um, I got a quote on the next page I'll just jump to again. Uh, he says at the top of the back of your sheet, at the end of the day, there's simply no replacement for finding a regular time and place, blocking out distractions, putting your nose in the text, and letting your mind and heart be led and captured and thrilled by God himself communicating to us in, in his objective written words. Um, I, I don't know if some of you work or have worked or uh, where you're at, all, all of you in your life, but uh, one thing that I think about is say, say a supervisor uh, at work schedule a meeting with you would you would you miss that you know would you be late to that meeting you know or or say a really good friend is he can't they he or she came from out of town and they want to get together and you plan to meet up uh, to grab coffee together are you going to miss that are you going to be late for that right um how much more important is it that we schedule time to meet with God and spend time with him in his word? Again, this is not browbeating. This is not saying if you're not doing this. I, I know for myself, this is one of my biggest struggle points is just getting alone with God because after a long night where the kids are up, right, it's hard to actually find that dedicated, no distraction time to just be with him and sit with him, read his word, listen to him, right? But how how wonderful it is, how, how much of a privilege it is to be able to do that. So just an encouragement to all of us is if it's nothing you take away from this class, one thing is just find a time, set it, put it on your calendar if you need to, whatever it takes, but don't neglect making this the most important thing is to take some, at least 10 minutes or something, spend time with God and have that scheduled and then grow in that, right? We want to grow in finding Jesus everywhere as we read for breath. Um, if you're looking for some plans, I put a couple of, he mentions a few suggestions on here. I put them in here. Uh, the McShane uh, Bible study plan is, is really great. Uh, that's the one I'm currently doing. Uh, it's it's really intensive. Uh, so if you're looking for something really advanced, I would say that that is the one to do. The, the Gospel Coalition also provides daily devotionals from D.A. Carson on there, which is really helpful to help interpret and provide some of the key things. Uh, the Kingdom, uh, this is um, Desiring God, who, who David Mathis is kind of part of this Desiring God group. I really like this one in the Discipleship Journal as I looked into it. What's really cool about them is it's 25 times per month. So it gives you a little flexibility, right? If you can't get to it in a day, or even if you did get to all of them throughout the first 25 days of the month, you have that extra time to maybe go back and, and dwell on something that really stuck out to you. So yeah, the Kingdom and the Discipleship Journal. And, and what all these plans have in common is that they pick from the Old Testament and the New Testament. They're, they're mixing, they're diversifying, you know, to get the full breadth of scripture. So there's some suggestions there. Now, uh, next we want to talk about digging, right? Studying for depth. And it's important to remember this isn't just a, a, a box check. We're not just checking the box here, right? It's so easy for us. I know it's so easy. This is one of my biggest challenges is, is you, you can read all these things and just be like, I'm done. I did it. Or if I didn't do it, then I feel worthless or hopeless, right? Um, as if you need that to be 
accepted in God's sight, but the good news is it's not a box check. Uh, we should be seeking to understand what we're reading, not just reading it, right? Uh, we should be asking questions. Uh, one of the cool phrases he uses, unrushed reflection, right? Like just really spending time, just really soaking in the word. Something sticks out and you don't know it, like ask, like what, what does this mean? What, and just stop right there. I think that's been the, the hardest thing for me that, that he really spoke about was, if something really stands out, then then just stop. Uh, just stop and, and ask. And if you don't understand something, pose questions and give answers, consult resources, perhaps capture a brief reflection in words or a diagram. I don't know if anyone takes notes, whether it's uh, a notepad with an actual pen and paper, but uh, I use my phone and I just have notes up and I just capture, you know, what are the things that really stuck out to me? Um, other uh, ways we can be digging into the word is doing inductive Bible study. If you've never heard of it, it's uh, basically three principles. It's observation, interpretation, and application. So you read a passage, you observe what it says, just literally, what does it say? What is it saying? And then interpretation, now what does it mean? You're really diving deeper into what does it mean for them then? You, you don't want to read into this, right? We don't want to add anything to what the word says or what the author's intent was. You want it to speak to you. And then how does that take it from, from their town, what they said and what it means for them? Take that truth that applies them and apply it to today. What does it mean for me today? Um, I put it on the back here. It's seven arrows of Bible reading. This is something on the, the TCC website as well if you lose this paper. But I use this a lot, actually. It really goes through that observation, um, interpretation, and application. And if we have enough time here in, in a few minutes, we'll actually take the passage that Michael's going to preach on today. And we'll, we'll try that out. We'll, we'll go through a few of these questions together just to, to apply this. Uh, so yeah, there's study Bibles. There's a lot of other references right, that we can use to, to study for depth. Um, and then the X factor. He talks about what's this this X factor. When we do read the Bible, it's it's the Holy Spirit. Uh, he puts a lot of great things in here, just saying how the Holy Spirit resists our efforts to objectify grace, right? To make it just a purely intellectual exercise, right? Maybe you could lean more to uh, the studying for breath. You can do just so much raking, you never take time to slow down and actually dig. Or maybe you're spending so much time digging that you never see the breath of scripture. But the good news of the, of the gospel is the Holy Spirit is the gift, is the gift that helps us interpret the word, understand it, and apply it to our lives. He strengthens our souls in clear as well as in subtle ways. He shapes us, and when we go to the word, right, we're not alone. He's with us as we go through this. So just some encouragement for us today. Uh, the next section is on meditation. Uh, Meditation. So this is a whole chapter. So I, I really shrunk it down here just to be in this little section here. But um, yeah, he says, warm yourselves by the fire of meditation. That's the, the name of the chapter, which would be nice for this room here for some of us. Right? It's a, it's a little warmer. Um, but think about it. There's so many passages in scripture in Psalm 1, right, who meditates. Blessed is the man who meditates on the law day and night. Right. Um, I think of the passage in Joshua, Joshua chapter one. Right. He tells uh, uh, the Lord says, "Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or discouraged, for the Lord your God will be with you." Then how are we to be strong and courageous? Joshua one eight says, "It's that he who meditates on the word of the Lord, he who dwells and thinks about it daily." Um, 
Yeah, uh, so, so this is a little different than studying for breath. It's a lingering, if you wanted to lump this in the categories, imagine lingering and just dwelling on the word of God breaks down into studying for depth, right? It's more of like an intellectual studying. And then meditation, it's, uh, it's an emotionally glory and understanding. You're, you're emotionally, it's, it's, a, it's a deep heart, uh, like dwelling and understanding, not so much an intellectual exercise. So that kind of separates out the difference between meditation and, and studying. Uh, it's very underrated is what he points to. It's, uh, it's a mighty means of grace that really we miss out on. I know this is one of the things that greatly convicted me as I read through this is just after you read, after you study to really take what stuck out to you in that passage and just, just think about it. Just, just, just think about it and spend time letting it fill your mind. You know, the world says meditation is like emptying your minds, like forgetting, like trying to run away from your troubles and things. But, but the Bible talks about meditation as filling your mind, filling your mind with what you just read, with the biblical truth, trying to recall what it was it that I just read and thought about and waiting until that really moves you, really compels your heart to, to think about. So lingering over these words, letting it shape our souls. Um, one of the things uh, he doesn't mention, but it's been really helpful for me is music. Uh, I've heard music is like, uh, it fertilizes the word of God in our hearts. Uh, I just thought that was so, so beautiful, right? If, if you haven't, like just taken a verse and just let it, just sing it and just, or just listen to it being sung. It, you know, the Bible and the Psalms are clear. Like we are to make a new song for the Lord. We are singing for joy. This is a joyful practice. It's not something that's burdensome or like we said last week, grudging, some, some begrudging service. Um, so yeah, some encouragement there. Uh, at the bottom, he gives a, a suggestion um, that a, a little method, if you don't have one yet, uh, if you're looking for some direction, okay, how am I supposed to put all these things together in application? Um, one of the things he mentions he'd like to do is first he starts off just by prayer before he jumps into the word. He prays, he asks God for help, asks the Holy Spirit to meet you where you're at, to help you understand what you don't, and preaching the gospel to yourself, like go through, like. Lord, I remember I was a sinner. I was dead in my transgressions, and I've been yeah. saved. I've been made new. I've been created. You've forgiven me in Christ that I am I'm completely a new creation and made whole in your sight. And then jumping into the word, um, wherever that is, if it's a daily Bible plan, if it's – I used to a long time ago. I just opened the word and just found a passage and read it. Now, a lot of people <laughs> say, don't do that. You want to, like, have a plan and a structure. But, I, I mean, for me, that was really helpful where I was at in my life. Um, just to open the word and just see that this word is for you. Mm-hmm. Like this passage is for you wherever you go in the Bible. Like God wants to speak to us through his word and it is for you and what is going on in your life. He sees what's going on and he cares. Um, and after we read whatever it is, then study it. If there's a question that pops up or meditate or do both. Meditate on what's inspiring and encouraging, something you want to really store up for your heart today. And that will lead us into prayer, right? That will lead us. And, and that's something Erica is going to talk about more next week is having God's ear in prayer. So if we flip to the back, um, one of the questions he poses next is, will every Bible encounter lead to application? Right? We want to be not just hearers of the word, but doers of the word. And he answers this question with a yes and no. You know, It depends on what you mean by application. If, if you're looking for a list of to-dos, then no, you're not always going to, this isn't always going to give you something you need to do. But if you're thinking of application as like a change in your heart, a change in perspective, uh, what does he say here? An astonished heart, right? A godly life is lived out of an astonished heart, a heart that is astonished at grace. We go to the Bible to be astonished, to be amazed at God and Christ and the cross and the grace and the gospel. 
the kind of application most important to pursue in encountering God's word is such astonishment. That, that is the application we should have after every time coming away from God's word. It's just, oh my gosh, wow, this is so needed today for me, right? And this is so helpful as we go through our day. Um, and that's important too because uh, the first bullet point under there, right? More than 99% of our daily decisions about this and that happen without any immediate ref- reflection. We just act. Our lives flow from the kind of person we are, the kind of person we have become, rather than some succession of timeouts for reflection, right? So life is going to just keep coming at us, right? But God wants, the Bible is clear, God wants to make us a kind of people, not a people who come to do something necessarily. Not that we shouldn't, you know, there are times when God speaks to us, you need to go talk to that person, you need to be praying, or you need to reach out, right? And that's really good, but ultimately, first and foremost, it's, it's a deep heart change and becoming the kind of person uh, that God wants us to be, to become like Jesus, right? Uh, the next chapter was on memorizing scripture, and he starts off by talking about memorizing scripture, like, if you tried it and it failed, you're not alone, right? Like, memorizing scripture is, is a tough, is a challenging task, right? It feels very scholarly and and like you're back in school and like, oh, this is just a burden, but it's not meant to be. He sees it as a tool in the belt of meditation. And he, he says it's so necessary to do both in tandem, right? It's mm-hmm. it's not just that we memorize these things and we got to memorize, you know, we know the words, what they say. It's do we understand them? Does the meaning really move our hearts? And, and in his mind, he suggests the frequency of doing it something more weekly um, mm-hmm. as a practice, if it's monthly or even yearly. Like if you have a year verse, how wonderful would that be? Just have a verse that you memorized this past year, right? Um, and in Philippians 2, it talks about what this will lead to when we do memorize things, when when God molds our minds to mimic the mind of God, right? This is gonna uh, this is gonna give us the mind of Christ. It's gonna lead to unity in the church and His body. It's gonna lead to more humility, right? How much more we need, all need to grow. I need to grow in being humble. Uh, he gives us some applicable tips. Um, so when you do do memorization, diversify your picks. Uh, whether it's a verse or a chapter, maybe a passage, maybe a book of the Bible too, uh, have have a mix of, of things in your arsenal. Um, one other key thing he really mentions is it's not just store these up for the future, right? It's it's for us today. It shapes our lives as we memorize it today, as we store these things in our heart today, that we'll be prepared, just like preaching the gospel to ourselves, we'll be prepared for what is about to come. Um, so yeah, uh, take it with you during the day, right? How um, I love how he says this, unleash it into all of life, right? Like what you're coming and you're going, you're rising up, you're walking down, like we are to meditate on these words and to let it um, just be pervasive in our hearts and our lives. Uh, and there's so many ways, right? Whether it's brushing your teeth or, uh, you know, um, when you're commuting to work or back, or I, I don't know, like even if you're working out or doing some manual labor, like there is an incredible infinite opportunities that we can be practicing uh, memorization and meditation. Um, and again, uh, seek to understand it. Don't just memorize mindlessly. And then turn this into prayer, right? Uh, not just personally, but corporately, too, to pray as a body. Um, and then memorize it in light of the gospel. As we talked about before, there's uh, those 10 gospel passages. One of them I really encourage, if you need a simple, clear one, it's Romans 6:23. It says, for the wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. It's so simple and so clear. The gospel presentation is that we are sinners in need of God's grace, in need of Jesus' forgiveness. Um, and praise God for that free gift. Uh, okay, if you need more examples, uh, one of my favorite resources that really changed my life, uh, was really helpful, is the uh, Bible memory apps. 
You know, we all like to play games on our phones, I'm sure. Uh, it's like a fun game to me. Like, there's a game, you just put in a verse that you want to memorize, and you have to type the first letter of that word as you go through the passage. And it'll buzz if you get it wrong, and then you get certain scores, you know. So it's, it's kind of a fun way to, to metrically judge how you're doing. Um, and, and so I would encourage you that. Download the, the Bible memory app, and or there's, uh, Michael's mentioned, fighterverses.com. That they go through, like, weekly passages to be memorizing, as well as devotionals. Uh, or if you're simply pad and pen, paper, uh, pen and paper type of person, you know, write it out, put it, stick it to a window or to your mirror in the bathroom, like, you know, wherever you're going to see it and be reminded, oh, this is really helpful for me this week. Mm-hmm. And then ultimately, he ends with the last chapter here of resolving to be a lifelong learner, right? Uh, to be a disciple of Christ, to be a follower of Christ means to be a learner. You know, we're not just learning facts, but we're learning a face. We're learning about a person. We're, we're connecting more. We're getting more and more intimate with Christ. Um, the center of lifelong learning for the Christian life is this. It's knowing and enjoying God himself in Christ through the gospel word and the written word of, of the scriptures and the hearing and reading and study and meditation and memorization of the Bible. Uh, he gives us five principles so that this will be um, practical in our lives, how we can continue to be lifelong learners. And, and one of the things, too, when he says lifelong, he doesn't just mean for this earthly life, but for the life to come. Right? God is so incomprehensible. There is no limit to who he is, yet he reveals himself and he continues to do so in this life and in the next. Um, and so some of these principles are varying our sources uh, and seasons, right? So through conversations uh, with, with godly brothers and sisters, through books, through videos, um, creating a space and redeeming spare time, as I mentioned, like a commute or manual labor, brushing teeth, running errands, whatever it is. You know, think about how God can redeem that time for his good, for, for your good, too. Um, also be aware that there are, we have to be careful of our mindless moments. How easy, it's so easy to do that raking, even in things outside of the Bible, right? To, to just turn to an app, to scroll through social media, and just spend so much time in there. And, and there's a time and place, right, for rest in those things. Um, and, and like he says here, there's a way to watch sports and TV to the glory of God. Uh, but we want to be developing the resistance to simply veg out and rather turn some of these moments into opportunities to grow. Uh, adapt to new media is another suggestion. There's a lot of online resources and podcasts mm-hmm. that we can go to. And then like, lastly, he says, uh, embrace the identity of a learner. Uh, embrace your finitude and the glorious infinity of God. What an incredible, great joy this is. So that basically ends uh, our section here on hearing his voice uh, through his word. Uh, yeah, let's just pause there. Any questions?